It is January 9th, 2024, and the Michigan Wolverines are the reigning college football champions for the first time in nearly 30 yeah. years. Uh, it's kind of nice having not Georgia or Clemson to worry about in that scenario, or even Alabama, Amen. I guess. So. Especially Clemson. Especially and Clemson. Uh, Ohio State, honestly, too. I would have hated to see them. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, the 2023 NFL regular season is now wrapped up. The playoffs are set, and we've got a lot of coaching changes in full swing right now. Coaches getting laid off left and right. But anyway, this is episode 53. We're back with some sports conversations, some good vibes, and as always, unqualified opinions. All right. So let's just hop right into the national championship game. So I love it. Uh, kind of went, you know, Joe kind of called almost the score pretty close to the Michigan score. I thought the over was going to hit. That was the big problem. And I felt yeah. really good in the first quarter. 14 Michigan, three Washington. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. it's going to be an 80 point game. It was looking like it was going to be a high scoring game for sure. Well, it was for Michigan, I guess. Um, but Michigan's defense is really what, what big time showed up there really made Michael Penix look like a normal quarterback. Um, I'm not sure if it was just, he had a bad night or if it was really the defense. I think it was probably more Michigan's defense than anything. Even if it was both Michigan's defense just looked insane. They looked so good. Um, and I guess it's fair to say that the defense wins championships or at least this year. Cause they felt if this felt like an old school ground and pound, just like classic football game from Michigan and their defense was awesome. I was thinking about my pick of Washington at the beginning of the game. I felt pretty uh, like it was going to be a pretty close game, but um, with like seeing how well Michigan's defense played, made me think back to like, when there's a close game, I feel like you should almost always ride with the team that has a better defense and the better run game. And that's what Michigan had. So, and just more ways to win. Mm. It would be interesting to see because Penix didn't look the same as he did against Texas. Now, no. obviously, you got to factor in pressure, all of these other things that are happening. But he was also just missing other passes. And I don't know if that went into his head quickly yeah. or what, because in Texas, in the Texas game, he could have fit. I mean, he, it felt like he was throwing everything in a tight window. Right. In this game, he had a few big misses early, especially that fourth and maybe five or six play mm-hmm. that was wide open, right corner. And um, that might have been a little bit of miscommunication but along with the other passes he missed man I, th- I think it probably did end up getting in his head because that was an un- pretty unpressured play there um, right yeah the run game like you mentioned of Michigan was beyond stellar I saw that so the the stat line the final stat line was 303 rushing yards by Michigan to 46 by Washington Jeez, 46 not good that just feels like domination right there uh, University of Michigan though had the most rushing yards by a national champion in the title game since 98. So, been a minute. Yeah. And someone's had 300 plus time. rushing That's yards. That's the year after they split the championship with Nebraska, right? Nebraska. Yeah. Nebraska. Yeah, it's a fun little tidbit there. Fun little tidbit. I like that. Because their last solo title was 1948. Oof. And At then that in point, 97, they split it. You know, are we counting <laughs> the 40s? I don't know. Yeah, they've got 10 titles, but most of them were in the 20s. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, that's like a hundred years ago. So I don't know how we feel. Unreal. About that. Run game and defense was huge back in those days. I guess they're bringing it back. Yeah. Bringing it back. More on the run game. Blake Corum and Edwards both had a hundred yard games with multiple scores. Impressive. At one point, Edwards had two touches, two touchdowns and 80 yards, I think. Yeah, because both of those touches were or touchdowns were over forty yards, which puts him those. So those two touchdowns are now the second and third longest touchdown runs in college football playoff championship game history. Next to the king, 
King Henry with 50 yards in 2016. Those were dangerously close to that 50-yard mark, too. So that's yeah. that's really impressive, actually. I mean, he, he had a breakout game and looked so good. Yeah. Um, so run game defense were to stand out. Third party in in this win, I think, I think it's cheating. I think cheaters always win is the moral of the story here. That might be it, you know. Or, we got... or or did they did they either validate the sign stealing as like uh, cheaters always win, or did they, I guess, exonerate themselves by showing they can still do this post point. Connor Stallions? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, who's to say that they don't have another Connor Stallions on the staff right now? Um, just because he's gone doesn't mean the whole operations. He was a double. Scapegoat. He could have been the fall guy. So I don't know. Cheaters he was a fall guy win, and a like. diversion for the real plot. That's impressive. Watch out. I, th- I think we're uncovering something really, really devious going on we in might, the University of Michigan. Some, some protection over here after uncovering that. <laughs> yeah. No assassins. Well, uh, other fun things. J.J. McCarthy is now 27-1 and one as a starter. Jeez, his one loss is to TCU. TCU, yeah. yeah. Jeez, tough. Man, that really... I wish they would have made it to the championship game last year to play Georgia. Yeah, I, I kind of wish Georgia was in last year. this year so they could have played I, Michigan. I stand by that. I would have loved to have seen a Georgia and Michigan because they were clearly the best two teams the last two seasons. I would have loved to have the title game been them both times. We'll never know. We'll never know. Sad. That's probably... Yeah, that, that is a bummer that there wasn't one title game that was Georgia versus Michigan. Yeah, they didn't even play over that span. Yeah. So we'll literally game. never know. Never know. Well, the other streak, Washington was on a 21-game win streak. And so that was the longest in FBS yeah. or like current street in FBS. And it's over now. Jeez, that's tough. But I think them making it to the championship this year, obviously is going to be huge for them moving forward. They're moving to the big 10. And I feel like being in the pac 12, you're almost written off from the get go. Uh, like we talked about last week, everybody thinks that you're going to get there, play a good defense and kind of fold. Now they're moving to the big 10. They're going to face Good defenses all year long. So uh, I think that's a good, very good move for them right now. Perfect timing. That is true, except for for Southern Cal. Because then, regardless of how bad you are, you're always going to get a top 10 spot preseason. I saw that them and Utah were two of the fake USC, um, the two schools that started in, I think, the top 10, maybe top 15, Mm -hmm. and dropped out, finished unranked. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Sorry, Marshawn Lloyd. Should have stayed at the real USC. Should have. And sorry, Jordan Birch. Should have stayed at South Carolina instead of going to Oregon. Could have missed a bowl game. Could have gotten us to a bowl game. So You know who else could have saved some heartache? Who's that? Jaheim Bell. He, he thought he was going to get on a championship team, and instead he went to Florida State. Instead he opted out of the Orange Bowl. Typical. Uh, anything else you were thinking about this game? No, uh, other than it being like a little sloppier, a, a lot yeah, sloppier than sloppy. I expected. Um, that was kind of disappointing. That was going to be a good game all around, but it okay. definitely was kind of sloppy. It felt like for a while towards the end of the game that there were a lot of drop passes. It felt like watching the Chiefs play. Yeah. But worse. For sure. Something just felt off with Washington at the end of the game. And it felt like there were opportunities there. Like early on, Michigan's defense was amazing. Then D- uh, then Michigan honestly took a step back mm-hmm. and should have just like put them away at halftime and didn't let them hang around. And then if you look towards the end of the game, right before the very end when, when Michigan put them away – it felt like there were opportunities handed to Washington left and right, and they just did nothing with them. Right. At one point, I was thinking, man, this is this really feels like another Georgia-TCU game. Looked at the score, yeah. and it was a seven-point game. And 
something didn't feel right with that. Like Michigan had that- so many opportunities to put Washington away and just kept letting them hang around. Like when they got a pick on the first play of the second half, and then uh, they went three and out and hit a field goal, right? Pretty much did so. nothing with it. So um, yeah. a lot of chances for them to actually put them away. Um, all I have to say, Michigan was definitely the better team. Um, disappointing showing by Washington overall. Even with the the 14 points that Michigan scored late, yeah. 34-13, I don't even think justifies the beatdown. It, it felt like right. the Washington. It, it, they didn't really feel like Washington had a chance other than whatever Michigan was handing them at the end of the game yeah. that they did nothing with. So then the question from this is, Harbaugh coming back, do you think, regarding the NFL? Ooh, I think he's going to come back. Um, I think he's trying to build a dynasty at Michigan. Uh, he's Michigan guy. You see how happy his dad was up there when they won? Like, I think he's going to stay. I do think there's part of it that, because he said that he's going to push back spring training a little bit, which was because he said they normally started on Valentine's Day because they love football so much, but he's going to push it back to March. Right. So that's a sign that potentially is coming back. But I do think that, that what you're saying about a dynasty is true because you taste it and you're like, this is nice. I want to want to go legacy-wise. I want to keep rolling with it. You taste the dub, you taste the championship, and you want more of it. The flip side of it all, though, is there are a lot of openings right now in the NFL. So today, as we're recording, Mike Vrabel got fired, which is mm. shocking to me. Bad call. Bad call. Bad call. Yeah. They just cursed themselves for the next 50 years, at least. Mm-hmm. The 2021 Coach of the Year, two seasons later, is gone. Yeah, I feel like Vrabel was the only reason they were relevant mm-hmm. at any point. Um, yeah. And now he's gone, so... I don't think that's a good decision. We'll see. They were the Titans have lost 18 of the last 24 games, which I understand that's tough. But I just don't think I don't think it was Mike Vrabel. In fact, uh Derek Henry when asked about it said, "Wow, wow, I'm shocked. Coach Vrabel is a leader of men. He is a great coach and teacher. I know he will get another opportunity right away. I look forward to it." You can tell he gets the guys going. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so the, you got rid of AJ Brown. Right. Which was a big piece missing. Yeah. Like Taylor Lewan, other linemen were gone. Like there weren't a lot of pieces besides Derrick Henry this year. No, your quarterbacks still, have been like, Tanny Hill and Will Levis. So Yeah. You forgot about Malik for a minute. Oh yeah, I did forget about that actually. Jeez. But no, to your point though, it's just like he seems perfect example is the Jags game. He they went out there and thumped the Jags and spoiled their playoffs hopes, which was a disastrous collapse by the Jags this year. Love that. We might have to touch more on that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that one. But that aside, it's just, he's a great coach and it makes no sense to me. I don't, I don't think they're going to get someone better than him. I don't think so either. Like take a, uh, the other game that comes to mind for me is the Miami game this year. Yes. Uh, they were down and out, led that comeback. I think he's led the two largest comebacks in the past. How many every years in the, la- in the fourth quarter? I can't remember what they said at the Miami game. Um, but they were both 14-point comebacks in the with like a few minutes left in the fourth quarter. Who else does that? He's a good coach. And then especially, there's always, it's called Black Monday for a reason. A lot of firings at the end of every season always. But if you look at the jobs that are open yeah. right now, we'll talk about some more of these, but like the Chargers yep. job, yeah, even Washington right now opening a backup with Ron Rivera getting fired. Mm-hmm. They're building a new Washington. It just seems like there are several openings that are going to be more enticing for someone than Tennessee. Yeah. Especially when you just get rid of someone like Vrabel. Especially with the 
just the personnel that Tennessee has. Uh, I don't think right. it's super enticing there. So I don't know who they're going to get then that's going to be better, that they're going to like more. Mm. The flip side, though, is there's still no decision yet on Belichick. But, I mean, Vrabel in New England. Perfect match. Perfect That match. makes sense. Yeah. I wonder if, what if the Titans knew that Vrabel was maybe trying to make a move to New England? Ooh. I don't know. So they fired him. That was interesting, right. though. It said fired, though. Did not mutually parting ways. Not like, yeah. Come to an understanding. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't like the idea of him leaving, so they said, "You can't leave." I'm gonna fire. I'm gonna hurt. I'm gonna hurt me before you can hurt me. Right. (laughs) That's what they said right there. Got him. Uh, But yeah, so no news on Belichick. I don't know, man. I every report says Belichick's leaving. Um, I personally don't know if I see that. I don't have any inside information or anything. Mm -hmm. Belichick's been there for so long, created a dynasty. Obviously, the past few years have been rough, but. I really find it difficult to believe that he's he's out. We'll see. All the reports say he's gone. But still no decision yet. No decision. Yeah. Vrabel might be the piece that unlocks it more. Yeah. Like It's just hard to get rid of a coach like um, Belichick if you don't really have a plan in place. Yeah. Belichick is the Patriots right now. He is the Patriots. So. But if there's anyone that could fit closely, you've got, you've got a coach that's excellent. He, like I said, coach of the year a couple years ago. He's got a very similar mentality, and he's got the New England dynasty in him. You know what I mean? Like he's right. on the Super Bowl teams. He gets the Patriot way. Definitely gets the Patriot way. He has that attitude where you could definitely see him in New England. For sure. So then the other ones, Arthur Smith was fired. That's not too much of a shock. They were 7-10 and 10 of each of the last three seasons. Right. Um, Ron Rivera also fired. Also not a shock. Not a shock. I feel like Ron Rivera is a good coach. I just don't... I don't know. Can't pull it together. Definitely mm-hmm. warranted fire. I do think he's a good coach, though. Because they won the uh, NFC East title, but they were 7-9, and nine, so he hasn't had a winning season in Washington. Plus, I think they just are trying to clear house after Snyder, start over. Right, that's right. Makes sense there. I like him, but but anyway. Yeah. Then Jags fired their DC, Mike Caldwell. <laughs> also warranted. They were 22nd with 342.8 yards per game allowed. Right. 17th with 21.8 points per game allowed. It makes sense, that one. That makes sense for Especially sure. Especially after the collapse. Uh, and then, of course, earlier in the year, we had the Panthers, Raiders, Chargers. All those jobs are still open. Man, Panthers really blew it with Steve Wilkes last year. Big what time. were they doing? And that leads into Antonio Pierce. Are the Raiders going to blow it with yes. Antonio Pierce? Because they blew it with Basaccia. So they are they going to do it again? Are they going to do it again? Yeah, you, you got to learn from your mistake there. All the players want him. Uh, he did great to end the season. Just just give him a chance. I don't I don't understand. I don't understand why they haven't announced it yet. No, got to do it. It makes me worried that they're not going that way, but it just seems like a disastrous decision. Yeah. Like you lost the locker room with Josh McDaniels. Big time lost the locker room. You got it back. Keep the guy, keep it rolling. Uh, at least give him, you know, you don't even have to have a long-term contract. Give him a year or two. Uh, mm-hmm. See what he can do. If you hate it, you know, you just, you took a chance. I don't, I don't see the harm in that. I just wish people went with interims more. When the guys love them, when I understand that you get a boost from it beginning of the season, but if they've been an interim for six, seven games and the players like them, it seems like potential, what's the harm? Give them like a two-year deal, three-year deal. Yeah, and with an interim, you can probably pay them less starting out than hiring some big name from somewhere else. Yeah, and instead you're, I mean, seriously, look at the Panthers, what they did. Mm. You go out, you spend $40 million that are, you're not getting back because you can them. 
Right. Yeah. Six was... games, seven games, however many games into the season. Mm. Uh, that one that one hurts. And I'm not even a Panthers fan anymore. Still hurts. Yeah, me either. But so speaking of the Panthers, they're currently, I think, rumored to have nine interview requests out. The Bengals OC, Bucks OC, Lions OC, Ben Johnson, which he's going to, I feel pretty sure he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere. Ravens DC, Ravens OC, Rams DC, Cowboys DC, Texans OC, and Dolphins OC. So hmm. just just going for it, I guess. Interesting, yeah. Um, but anyway, enough about the coaches. NFL headlines from the week. The most exciting one, even though it happened against the 49ers, was Puka Nakua setting two rookie receiving records. So all-time yards at – or yards in a rookie season at 1486 and receptions at 105 yeah man what a great rookie season really showed out um that video of the Rams staff talking about him on draft day compiled with all the videos of him playing it was so spot on uh that was awesome dude that is a fun one the war room behind the scenes video and then the highlights like dude, it gives me giving me feels when I was making that video I was like I like this like I'm just inspired right now I kind of love Puka yeah, you gotta love that. Uh, just hardworking guy. They saw what he could be, gave him a chance, and really panned out. That's awesome. And a reminder to me how good of a coach Sean McVay is. Yeah, dude is dude is um a beast. How about the fact that this is random? Sean McVay beat out Calvin Johnson of all people, Megatron for Georgia State Player of the Year. Um, that's insane. Minor name there. Yeah, minor name. Dude, he's cre- He's still the youngest coach. Yeah. Potential changes here, but with everything too, I mean, total stud there. He's got his team back in the playoffs, playing well. Yeah, and what was supposed to be a rebuilding year. Yeah. That's not even fair. Nope. But Good I guess coach. the way it is. Speaking of also not fair though, the AFC North all finished above 500. So it's the first time that a division has post NFL merger to have all four teams finish with a winning record. That's crazy because three of those teams starting quarterbacks got hurt. Yeah. They've gone through multiple. Yeah. That's Steelers are on three, and Lamar was the one that. Yeah, everybody talks about Lamar. They're like, no, we can't give him this contract because he's going to get injured or something stupid like that. And then, boom, look at this. Look what happens. Give him his money. Look what happened. But the last division to do this was the NFL West in 1935. What teams were in that? The teams were the Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, and the Chicago Cardinals. Ooh, the Chicago Cardinals. What happened to the, the Chicago, Chicago Cardinals? <laughs> we need them back. They gone. And then there's this thing called like the NFL merger where the AFC and the NFC started happening. But that was a crazy fact. Yeah. All above 500. Three playoff teams. Nuts. Impressive. Um, mentioned it earlier, though, but the Jacksonville Jaguars finished the season 9-8 and eight after an epic collapse, losing five out of the last six games. Just needed one to go to the playoffs. Epic collapse. You'd... All you got to do is beat the Titans, who have nothing to play for. And then you come in and just, you aren't you aren't in control of the game at all. Not even a little bit. Over none of the game were you in control. No. Because oh, the other piece, the other headline right after this was Derrick Henry, because he said goodbye to Tennessee after what could be his last game as a Titan. Mm-hmm. Which, if, not if, since Vrabel's gone, I think that increases the likelihood of of Derrick Henry not coming back. I didn't it was slim before, right. but I think it's almost nil now. Does Derrick Henry follow Vrabel? So I I did have the thought if Vrabel goes to New England, is there any chance 
that Derrick Henry comes with. Man, Derrick Henry in New England is kind of a scary thought. Some other scary thoughts. What if he ended up with the Bills? Yeah, we don't need or, any more good players ending up with the Bills. Or even worse, what if he ends up in Dallas? Gets like a fat contract. Think about all the endorsements he could get. Yeah. Where do you think he's going to end up? No, man. I don't know. I have no clue. My, my my top, my front runner right now would probably be Buffalo, but who's got cap space is the other piece. Yeah. What if he ended up somewhere like the Ravens? Who are already mm. elite. You throw a Derrick Henry. Their in the run mix. game would be insane. Yeah. Ultra scary. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what, what's going to be the most important because obviously he's going to want to win a championship and want some dollars. I feel like those are the two things that someone at his point in his career want. Yeah. But it, how much does role play a part? You know what I mean? Like, is he willing mm-hmm. to be, you know, cut half of his, his action down? Got to be a contender know. with cap space. I would, I would say. I think so. We'll see. But to, to this game with, with Jacksonville, he had 153 yards and a touchdown. I mean, great way to go if that's his last game in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. He was running with a purpose. He wanted to go out on a high note for sure. Um, glad he did. That was awesome. Other awesome thing, we talk about the Patriots a lot, but the Jets snapped the 15-game losing streak against Patriots to possibly end Belichick era in New England. That's <laughs> tough. So the Patriots didn't have a winning record against any of their division teams this year. They lost uh-uh. to the Dolphins twice, the Bills once, once and the jets once so tough yeah they really tough. man their downfall they're there and then the last one i don't know if you saw this but in the saints falcons game arthur smith was a rate at dennis allen did you see about so oh, james i saw winston, this one oh, yeah, this one was fun i love james winston he's hilarious well they were gonna kneel it down get in the huddle they decide as a team According to Jameis, they, they want to get Jamal Williams a touchdown, his first touchdown of the season, because he'd been moved around. You know, big team player, Jameis Winston. Yeah. Optimistic. So out of the victory formation, get him the ball. The worst part was that it was out of victory formation. If you just run it up, line it up and I run know, it. Then it's fine. It's but fine. Out, of victory, out of victory formation is a little rough. I still, you can't be that mad about it, I don't think. He was livid, though. He was so mad. And afterwards, Jameis said, I mean, I don't know why he was mad. It couldn't get that much worse. It was already 41-17. (laughs) I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. Everything that Jameis says is funny. Great guy. Like, that would be a good guy to have on your team. Well, I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. He just told us to be prepared. It's prepared. This guy's a walking soundboard. And when he's talking about his like body symmetry. Everything's just so fluid with him and he's he's with it. Dude, I love it. And then the videos of Derek Carr on the bench after he throws like his 15th, 17th, whatever interception. And Jameis is and just Jameis, like dancing him up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, what are you doing, my guy? I love Jameis Winston. Shannon Sharp was mad about this. He's like, you got to cut Jameis Winston right now. I'm like, nah. I don't know, man. Get get Jamal Williams his, his touchdown. I think yeah. that also, the whole Jamal Williams not having a touchdown up until this point probably shows something about the Saints coaching staff because that's insane. Because he had like 15 maybe last year. Right. Yeah. And then the the flip side of it too is like clearly it shows 
that Dennis Allen lost a little bit of his team. If they're in the huddle and they're like, nah, we're going to do this other thing. Yeah, I think so too. And then Arthur Smith was probably hot too because he obviously was on the hot seat. He just got canned afterwards. Yeah. Um, I will say with that one though, back to the, the coaching, it makes sense that Arthur Smith's gone. I like him. It seems like a good dude. Mm-hmm. But they had they had so many weapons it felt like this year that they underused. Plus the way that the quarterback situation with Desmond Ritter, yeah. um, Heineke was handled, Mariota last year. just The way that they've used Bijan and Kyle Pitts, I yeah. think in itself kind of shows what's going on there in Atlanta right now. For sure. Uh, but again, it might be a, an enticing job offer. Um, cause there, there are pieces there. Yeah. The pieces are there. Good. I think if they get the right guy there, they could make some big moves for sure. Well, as I said last week, I went to the Ravens Steelers game. We only made it to one half cause it was so cold. It was, uh, like 35 degrees and mm-hmm. pouring rain, which is the worst weather. Cause if it was any warmer, it's obviously warmer and any colder it would have been a snow game, which would have been great. On TV, it looked feet, miserable there. My feet were soaked by the time I got there, but it was a blast. It was super fun. And right before halftime. Jadavian Clowney got that sack and was celebrating his 750k bonus hey. <laughs> when they announced it. It was awesome. I love that. That's big time. Clowney has had an amazing year, uh, just based on like where his career has gone. Uh, yeah, good for him. Happy for him. Because after his rookie deal with Houston, he bounced around a lot and it just he never really got a longer contract besides one year. And so he ended up this year in Baltimore, and it just felt like a resurgence of him this year. Oh yeah, how many no, sacks no did he in with this year? Uh, nine and a half or 10. Solid maybe, season. I mean, yeah, because he had, I think nine was the bonus. Mm-hmm. And he got nine and a half, maybe. Yeah, real solid. Um, but that was awesome. And the way he celebrated it was so cool. I wish more players did that. Oh, yeah. When they hit the bonus. He said, give me that money. Yeah, give me that money. I mean, speaking of it, so I love talking about the bonuses for players because I think it's fun. Yeah. Baker got a $2 million bonus for playoff berth. That was nice with their win, which almost shouldn't have been a win. Nine, nothing mm-hmm. against the Panthers. And in perfect Panthers fashion, they fumble a ball that could have been a touchdown for them, then had another touchdown that got called back. In a year that's just scoring has been impossible for them. Right. It's so fitting. It's because of Tepper, and he cursed the Panthers, but who wants to talk about that? A theme that will continue on this pod, sell the team, David Tepper. Please sell, him, brother. sell the team. Uh, on the flip side of that game, Baker Mayfield, real happy for Baker, um, I feel like he was definitely counted down and out, even by the Panthers. Um, yeah. And he takes the Bucks to the playoffs, so good for him. Going to the Rams, to Sean McVay, great coach, and having that like little bump at the end of the last year I think was great. Mm-hmm. Back in, and we're coming to Tampa Bay. It seems like this could be a good fit for him. Yeah, so, I think so. I like him. I feel like he's worked hard, kept his head down, hasn't like talked smack at any, any stop. I like that. Right. Two million bucks is kind of nice, too. That's kind of nice. I'll Our praise it. is pretty nice, but two million bucks might be a little bit nicer for Baker. I don't know why, but I think it might be. Maybe. Another $2 million bonus. Garner Minshew got $2 million for starting 65 or playing 65% of um, the offensive snaps in 2023 for the Colts. Wow. He better no. thank Anthony Richardson for that one. Yeah, that was an unsuspect, unexpected one, I would assume. Yeah. Then Joe Mixon got hundred k for getting two more touchdowns. He had a great game. Yeah. Uh, and then Josh Reynolds got 250K for 36 more receiving yards. So shout out. Fun bonuses. Making the bag. Let's go. All right. So two games we should talk about, and then we'll jump into the playoff picture, though. Pretty much was a playoff game. Texans-Colts. It was a win-in-get-in game. First off, I just want to say 
well done by both of these teams and coaches. Yeah. They were probably the worst two teams in the NFL last year. And then they're in the playoffs. Texans end up winning and winning the division. Big impressive. Texans coming in with uh, with some heat, too. They've been playing pretty well. Dude, they've been playing well. CJ Stroud looks really good. Yeah. Not only has he put up or been productive, put up good numbers, but just the confidence he throws with his decisions for the most part, accuracy, arm strength, like just looked good. Seems like a very grounded rookie. Yeah, I am shocked. I I think, honestly, just because of bias against Ohio State, assumed that he wasn't going to be that good. Uh, but I love D'Amico Ryans, and I think that he obviously plays a big factor in all of this too. Yeah, for sure. It's a great fit. Uh, but anyway, first year head coach and a rookie quarterback turn the Texans around from one of the worst teams in the league to, defend, to division winners. Super impressive because last year the Texans were a joke. They really were. Um, and the Colts too. Yeah. And Shane Steichen's done an amazing job as well. And the Colts are doing it with a, their backup quarterback, which is also impressive. I mean, I think Shane Steichen's got to be coach of the year. I could. Just because of weapons. Yeah. I could see what that. he's done with them. Um, Jonathan Taylor, though, he was a weapon in this game. 188 yards, one touchdown. Kind of nice to see him bounce back after the whole contract situation at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so glad he's back playing well. And the Colts are probably pretty glad that he's back. <laughs> I mean, oh, with yeah. a game like this looking pretty good. Probably happy uh, they kept him around. Yeah, for sure. The fourth down drop, though. Mm-hmm. That's the one play we got to talk about. Yeah. End of the game, Colts are driving down fourth. And, well, two things in this play. Going into fourth down, they decide to call a timeout, get the right play. They get a great play, and then yeah. Tyler Goodson drops it, which was tough. I think you also got to bring up the fact that Gardner Minshew did not have the best throw on that play. Um, kind of was behind him, had to turn his body awkwardly. Uh, definitely should have caught it, no doubt. You would have caught it. Probably both of us would have caught it, um, but <laughs> we, you know, we aren't there. Um, I, Unfortunately, yeah. you can sign us still. Do what? Any team can sign us because we're undrafted and amateurs. We might have to dump that into every episode at some point, like a little bit, you know. Dude, at least get invited to a tryout. That's the goal. That's the goal. I'm not gonna make that happen. But anyway, it wasn't the best pass, right? But you still have to absolutely catch that pass for sure. And then, obviously, because you burn a timeout before that play, they only have two timeouts. Texans essentially run the clock out. Yeah. What do you think about the call of not or the call of calling a timeout there versus saving all three? You know, I think you call the timeout there, um, knowing that if you don't get it, the game's over. Basically, and you're calling the timeout to make sure you have the best play possible to put you in that situation. So. I don't I don't necessarily hate it because they, they got the play they wanted, um, just didn't pan out like they wanted, obviously. I think I'm with you. I've honestly wavered back and forth on this yeah. almost every single time I think about it because obviously what we see most of the time is people saving all three timeouts and your defense keeps them from getting a first down. You get the ball again. Right. And then, well, especially people are playing like this prevent defense. They just give up yards and yards. You go down and you score. Yeah. But – I do think that if you look at the probability of getting that fourth down and then going down a score versus turning the ball over, stopping them, getting the ball back, going down and scoring, I think that you probably are better off burning the timeout and putting all your eggs on that basket of getting that first down. Yeah, I'm a big fan of when a coach decides this is what we're going to do and we are, we're taking this route no matter what. 
you know, yeah. like going for two in overtime to win the game, right? Mm-hmm. Never hate that. Um, you just say this, it's going to happen here or it's not going to happen. And I feel like that's what that timeout does. You say, Hey, we got to get our best play, put it out there. And uh, you roll with whatever happens. It's what Dan Campbell did against the Cowboys for his head. Yeah. I, and I drive I, down score and go for two. I love <laughs> that like so much more than when teams play to not lose. hundred percent. Next game though. Sorry to talk about it. Bill's Dolphins. Had a bad feeling about this one from the start. I think I led with my heart on my pick with the Dolphins rather than what's obvious. Dolphins have, they're just riddled with injuries. Um, so that definitely hurts. And the Dolphins in close games, man, I I don't know. Um, it seems like every time they get in crunch time, there's a fumble, there's a pick, there's a sack. Um, I really want to see them pull it together. With a close game. I am with you. We'll see. The injuries terrify me, though. Injuries so they, are super saw, scary. Yeah, I saw they picked up three edges, Justin Houston, Bruce Irvin, and Malik Reed, mm-hmm. which is nice. But Melvin Ingram was covering people like 20 yards down field, which, I mean, his beast. Yeah, and he's on, dude. in his mid-30s, and probably the announcer was like, he's probably never done this in his career. And yeah. uh, he's fresh off of the waiver wire, essentially. So. Yeah, because he was a mid-season pickup, right? Yeah, he was a free agent. Which is a great one. Good mm-hmm. job by the Dolphins. They're clearly still trying to find some pieces. I would also say they're not the same without Waddle and Mostert. Right. Even though A-Chain looked good. Mm-hmm. Fast. Just, speed. But I think, speed. you know, that takes away another dimension. Uh, A-Chain does have a little bit of pop to him, but not the same that Mostert does. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good one-two punch. And when you take one of them away, that, that hurts a lot. I will say with all of this game, I think the outcome of the Bills winning was better for both of the teams. I kind of agree with you too, because if the Dolphins won, they would have just had to play the Bills at home or in Miami again the following right. week. And back, it's your third time playing the Bills in back-to-back weeks. You don't love that. No, not at all. And then obviously it's a little bit tougher going to Arrowhead and playing the Chiefs, but the Chiefs haven't been amazing. I would rather play the Chiefs than the Bills. And then, yeah, uh, I think I would too. The only difference is a home game versus an away game, but Dolphins aren't made for the cold. I don't think. No. So the teams that are made for the cold, though, are the Steelers and Bills, and so that game will be interesting. Mm-hmm. But I, I would rather play the Steelers than the Dolphins if I were the Bills. Yeah, I agree too. So I mean, it makes sense they want to win. Yeah. Josh Allen did what Josh Allen does, though. He had good production, turnovers, heart. All the things, 357 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 67 rushing yards, great throws, bad decisions, everything. <laughs> I mean, classic Josh Allen game. Absolutely. Um, he just seems to be better with chaos. It's crazy. I love it, though. Yeah, it's fun to watch. That's a gunslinger. Then when you think of it's a gunslinger, a- that's you should think of Josh Allen. And it felt like earlier in the year they'd kind of like castrated him. And now it's no. Yeah, their turnaround this year has been absolutely crazy. Crazy. I mean, talk about the Jags missing the playoffs. Bill stumble into the number number two seed. Mm-hmm. When you think they're about to miss the playoffs, it's insane. And they're coming in with a lot of momentum, too. Even though the last few games, they have momentum, but they've had sloppy games, too. Like the Chargers game didn't look great. Right. But I'm excited they're in the playoffs. I'm excited both of these teams are. The punt return was a huge momentum swing. Huge, because Miami was up at that point, 14-7. Mm-hmm. Bomb a punt. 
Um, and then the coverage, well, we had that injury middle of the field, yep. um, which definitely hurt a ton. Um, and then he just takes it to the house. Great return, big dagger. And after that, Miami really didn't do anything. No, because even before it felt like the Bills were start were playing better than the Dolphins. They were moving the field more. You had the Josh Allen turnovers, but he still had a seven point lead, which was nice. And then at that point, tie it up. Dolphins had more chances too. Felt like afterwards, but yeah, they did. And uh, let's go ahead and hop into the last drive there with the interception. I love the play call. Actually, watching the game. That's the play I wanted. I was like, please mm-hmm. do a little out route to Claypool. It just looked like what was there. I don't know if Claypool ran that route slow. It looked, I mean, he's not Tyreek Hill for sure. I don't know if Tua just put more on it because he was expecting a little more speed to the outside or what happened there. But um, overall, great catch um, by Rap. That was an insane catch. Mm-hmm. Tough. Again, Dolphins in close games just can't can't close. Makes me nervous going to the playoffs. Big Should nervous. make you nervous. I don't know why I'm nervous. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I have been dreading this all year because essentially the same thing happened last year. Um, and this time, well, last year, Tua got hurt. This year, he's still there, but same story so far. Well, should we just go ahead and jump into the playoffs then? Yeah, let's do it. So first up, we've got the Cleveland Browns going to Houston to play the Texans. I mean, this is a, who would have thought about this game? You've got a rookie quarterback, kind of first-year head coach, going against Joe Flacco, comeback player of the year, potentially. Who even knew Joe Flacco was going to be playing this year? Who knew he was playing this year? Would not have picked this preseason. Nope. But I'm going to go with the Browns in this game. That's my pick here. I, I've heard people say a rookie quarterback is not going to do it, and they're talking against the Texans. I think the Texans are good. I think it's going to be a good game. I just love the Browns and their grit. I like him with Joe Flacco. Obviously, he's got a lot of experience in the playoffs. Um, so that's my pick in this game. Yeah. I'm actually going to pick the Browns as well. Uh, Joe Flacco, with his playoff experience, he's played really well um, coming in into the season. I do think, though, like you, I think Houston is a really good team, uh, especially C.J. Stroud. So C.J. Stroud was on, I think, the Mc- Pat Mc- uh, McAfee show. Uh, the other day, and they were like, you know, they told him, hey, Stephen A. Smith said, you basically have no chance to win this game. And he was basically like, all right, bet. So I don't know. I think he's going to come in with a lot of fire, but I think, one, the Browns' defense is is really good. So I think Houston's going to have trouble with that. And then I think Joe Flacco's playoff experience is going to pull him through. It's going to be a good game. Good defenses, good ball. Yeah, and it's at Houston, so... You don't know? Anything could happen. I just love the Browns' grit this year. They just feels like they keep overcoming stuff. And so I don't know if... Plus, they're rested. That's like the other piece, too. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have the same pick on that one. So game number two. Somehow I got stuck with the Miami Dolphins versus Kansas City Chiefs, which I almost want to emotionally hedge this game. But with the way the Kansas City Chiefs have been playing as of late, dropping passes, pretty much all they have is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I think if the Dolphins can find a way to just neutralize that, they're going to win this game. Uh, Tyreek Hill, first time back in Arrowhead. Uh, They played the Chiefs earlier this year, but it was in Germany. I think Tyreek Hill is going to be energized coming back into Arrowhead. So I got to ride with the Dolphins on this one. Uh, Might be a little bit of an emotional pick, but I'm riding with them. I like that. I would love to ride with Tyreek Hill back in Arrowhead. Yeah but I'm not. <laughs> I just think 
even as bad as the Chiefs have looked, there's always the piece of still Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. But more than that, what it is for me in this game is the Chiefs are rested. They hopefully have had some time to fix some of the mistakes. Mm -hmm. And the Dolphins feel like they're limping in. They're so injured in this game. They, even with some of the pickup, who knows if Waddle's going to be playing and if so... What percent is he going to be at? Same with Mostert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Dolphins aren't good on the road or in close games. For that reason, even though I would love to see the Dolphins win, I think I'm going to route the Chiefs. Yeah, I think with all the injuries that the Dolphins have, it's it's scary. Uh, Dolphins aren't made to play in the cold. There's a lot of factors that are saying reasons they shouldn't win. But heart. But heart, heart. man. Tua? Tua is going to have a game at some point like he did in the national championship game in college. He's he's still that guy. He just got to bring it he's out. He's still that guy. Still that guy. You know what? I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong on this I one. I would love for you to be wrong too. We'll see. Well, last AFC game, we got a snow game potentially. The Steelers are going to Buffalo. And if it is a snow game, it is perfect for these two teams because they are built for the snow. But it's going to be the Bills. <laughs> the Steelers, it's nice that they had a winning season and nice in the playoffs. I don't see them winning at all though. Right going bills here it's uh mason rudolph is gonna start correct that is true yeah i mean who knows no hi (laughs) (laughs) who knows we knows uh yeah i think buffalo just has too much momentum right now you're going to buffalo which is a really tough environment um yeah gotta go the bills on this one but you know again buffalo is one of those teams that if they come out playing slow you never know they're pretty up and down so yeah, call me back after the first drive. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make the picks after the first drive. But for now, we're going Bills. I do hope it's a snow game, though. That would be awesome. That would be that'd be special for those two teams. I think it'll be perfect. So game number four, which is not going to be a snow game because it is in Jerry's world, Packers versus the Cowboys. Um, kind of similarly, I think the Packers have some grit. They fought to get in the playoffs, but the Cowboys, I think they're just taking this one. I don't think it's... Um, up for too much debate there. I think the Cowboys are the better team overall. They've been playing pretty well, and um, and they walk away with this one. This is one I would love to be wrong on. I would love to say the Packers are going to come into Dallas. Lafleur is going to dominate McCarthy as he's playing his old team again. I just don't see it happening though. It just feels like everything's lining up for the the Packers to lose. Or sorry, I think everything's lining up for the the boys, the Cowboys to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it might be a closer game though than people think. Okay. I could see that. Again, it could just be wishful thinking. But Jordan Love's had a great season. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of young talent, a lot of different receivers stepping up. The Cowboys just seem to me like kind of like the Dolphins, a team that takes it to inferior teams and just really kind of mm-hmm. hits them in the mouth. And I think I think that's what they're going to do with the Packers. I think CeeDee Lamb and Dak are going to have big days both. Yeah. I mean, Dak's still having like a big day. Cost me the fantasy league because uh, Dak's still in in like the fourth quarter with five minutes left throwing touchdowns to Brandon Cooks, both of which I'm playing. It's ridiculous. That is tough. But then that that. could be a curse that gets them to lose here. Who knows? Uh, I don't see it. I think we knows. We knows. We knows. Next game, we've got the Rams going to Detroit. This is an exciting one. We have Ford Field hosting its first ever playoff game and Matthew Stafford coming back. And unfortunately, I'm sorry, Detroit. I think Matthew Stafford and the Rams are going to win. I hate to say it. 
I think so. Yeah. They look good right now. This is super intriguing because it's just quarterbacks switched on yeah. the Lions and the Rams. So um, definitely intriguing. I think Ford Field is going to be electric with the first playoff game ever. The Lions are coming in. Actually, both teams are coming in with a lot of momentum. Um, the Rams have been playing really well into the season. Lions, same deal, really. I think I'm taking the Lions at home. I think their offense has just looked so good as of late. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout, but I think the home field advantage for the Lions, first time being in the playoffs and who knows when, I think they're taking it. Yeah. No, I do think it's going to be an electric environment, but Laporta's out. So that like cancels out home field to me, I think, which is crazy that he got hurt. I mean, they could have potentially moved up to the number two seed, but crazy he got hurt in week 18 when everyone else is sitting. Yeah, I think they got a, a pretty tough draw on the Detroit are the Lions having to play the Rams? That's a really, really tough draw. The Rams are a hot six seed. Rams are a hot six seed. That's tough for the Lions. But who didn't get a tough draw is the Eagles. Failing upwards. Failing upwards. They got to play the Bucks, who beat the Carolina Panthers 9 to nothing last week. Um, it is in Tampa, uh, so probably not going to be a snow game. That's <laughs> Uh, it is big that it's not in Philadelphia because I feel like that would be a big advantage. But for sure, Philly going to Tampa. Philly has been, as we have talked about before, kind of on a downslope. But I think they're still very much the more talented team. Um, I think Philly's going to squeak by on this one. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm honestly of all six games in this it's super wild card weekend. I am not excited to watch this one. No. I think it could just be an ugly game. Mm-hmm. However, I don't see the Bucks really winning cuz both teams are not playing amazing right now. Baker's still banged up, but the Eagles still have way more pieces. But you never know. I would love to see Baker slice and dice the Eagles defense. It could happen. I just I don't it. think it will. Right. I'm with you on that one. Could happen, unlikely. Could happen, unlikely. Well, that was this weekend's games, but instead of power rankings, let's do our top five favorite Super Bowl contenders. So number one, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Um, They've just had so much uh, momentum coming in, been playing super well, just a really well-rounded team. Lamar Jackson's playing awesome. They have all the pieces there. Home field advantage throughout the playoffs until the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, I'm going Ravens number one. Number two, 49ers. Uh, Again, 49ers and Ravens, probably the two most well-constructed teams in the NFL right now. Both are coming in pretty hot. Number three, I actually have the Bills. So the Bills getting that home field, uh, number two seed, um, home field for the first round, I think that's huge. Um, I think they may have one of the easier paths to make it, Mm -hmm. you know, to the AFC Championship game. They'll probably have to play the Ravens if they make it there. Um, but I think the Bills, number three. Number four, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think they're pretty well-constructed, too. Dak has been playing really well. CeeDee Lamb. I feel pretty good about the Cowboys. I think they're the second-best team in the NFC, mm-hmm. and uh, I could see them making a run. Number five, we've talked earlier about the Cleveland Browns being super gritty, having Joe Flacco as their quarterback with a lot of playoff experience. I'm rolling with the Browns. They have the defense to do it. They have the experience at quarterback. So I think um, they could make a good run. Getting through the Ravens is going to be tough, but I think they may have the best chance in the AFC to beat the Ravens. 
Dude, that's a that's a good point. Little division rival. Little division rival. Um, because I'll say in a minute, but they're the one team that has already beaten the Ravens, also. Right. All right. So from my list, number one, I've got the San Francisco 49ers. I want them to win the Super Bowl. And so I'm putting them as my favorite to win the Super Bowl. It's not too much deeper than that. Uh, but I think that they're a great team. I think that the Ravens are obviously a great team and beat them. Um, but I'm going to put the Ravens right behind them. Uh, I think that will be the Super Bowl. But if not, number three for my favorite on the list, I've got the Bills coming in here. Um, and then the Browns right behind them. I think they're gritty. I think they have an amazing defense. And I think Joe Flacco has a lot of experience in the in the postseason, as we know, has won a Super Bowl before. And then five, I've got the Cowboys. I struggled a little bit with pick five because it's like, do you do the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes still there? Do you do the Eagles? They were in the Super Bowl last year. Ultimately, I think it's still the Cowboys. However, I don't see them going on the road uh, in Santa Clara. So maybe if the Rams beat the 49ers, mm-hmm. they'll have a path there. Um, yeah, I but- agree. I th- I think the 49 sorry, I think the Cowboys are going to need help from somebody else to beat the mm-hmm. 49ers. I don't see that happening. Um, and now that I think about it, I don't really see that much of a path for the Cowboys to make it. Um, I think it could happen. I think they may have a good shot if somebody can take out the 49ers. But, um, yeah, that's going to be a tough matchup if they do have to play them. We will see. I'm excited for postseason football to be here. Yes, sir. We're here. Well, time for the vibes. We have vibes. our vibes correspondent, Mr. Iceman, warming our hearts up. Bring him and on. so without further ado, here he is. What's up, everybody? This week's Unsung Hero goes out to Glenn Edwards, a crane operator in Reading, England, who was able to save a man's life when a 750 million pound project went ablaze. This skyscraper gets caught on fire, and all of a sudden, most people have made it out except for one guy trapped on the balcony. Glenn jumps into action using his crane skills to grab a lift and then hang it over the balcony where this man is able to escape to as the flames are closing in and puts the lift between the flames and the man in order for the man to hop on and then he pulls him off to safety, ultimately saving this guy's life. But there's actually a second unsung hero this week. In the world of e-gaming, another person found themselves doing a little less life-saving Tetris. Yeah, Willis Gibson's a 13-year-old out of Stillwater, Oklahoma, and he is credited as the first human, non-AI individual, to beat Tetris. That's right, a 13-year-old kid found a way to get to what's called the kill screen, where a game of that age inevitably crashes once you get to a high enough score. Willis was ranked uh, number three in the world at the World Championships earlier this year in Portland, Oregon. He's won about three grand over his short gaming career thus far, but... Where I'll get you in the feels is that the fact that Willis's dad passed away just before Christmas this past year. And so for the guy that introduced him to video games to not be there for his ultimate feat was kind of heartbreaking. But nonetheless, Willis, who goes by Blue Scooty on Twitch, dedicated this accomplishment to his dad, who was the guy that's kind of responsible for getting him to where he is with these games. So here's to you, Glenn. And here's to you, Willis. You're this week's Unsung Heroes. Is that the first two time unsung hero of the pot i think it is the first double double hero yeah i mean both are very deserving also what an emotional journey you just brought us on trey <laughs> it's like we're uh the story of i mean that was crazy to bring the crane over teleport out this guy from the fire that's exciting then it has us laughing about tetris then 
in our fields about this guy's dad. I mean, yeah, a few takeaways from that. Was Glenn just chilling on the crane when this happened, or did he run to the crane? I did wonder that. I don't <laughs> like, know. was he just chilling on the crane, searching the city, like looking for somebody to save, or did he think, oh man, <laughs> he's driving I know down what the to streets do. in his crane? <laughs> I'm crane certified. I know what to do. <laughs> And then the other thought is uh, Tetris. I, one, did not know you could beat it. Two, didn't know there were world championships for it. Both of those were new to me as well. And three, that's an awesome story. Super happy for that kid. That's great. Super happy. So well done. Thank you, Trey, for the vibes, as always. Well, we'll wrap up the episode with a draft. Let's draft. So for this one, we are doing the best NFL playoff performances from the last 15 years. And thankfully... I have the first pick. Pick number one for me. Almost didn't do this because it didn't end up in a Super Bowl, but Patrick Mahomes' 2021 season. Like I said, they ended up losing in the AFC Championship to the Bengals. But obviously there was the iconic game against the Bills where Patrick Mahomes gets the ball back with 13 seconds, down by three, drives down, they kick a field goal, go on to win in overtime. Uh, But in those games, so he has the 13-second drive, which was obviously iconic, and then he finished the season with or the postseason with 1,057 yards, 11 touchdowns, 118.8 quarterback rating without going to the Super Bowl. That's pretty wild. That game was absolutely insane. Insane. They changed the NFL playoff rules because of that game. Yeah, what a a great game. So I've got number two and three. Yeah, sneak draft. Let's go. Man, I was not sure what I was going to pick here uh, just based on, cause I don't know what you're going to pick, but after That's you giving goes. the stats for Patrick Mahomes on that one, I'm going Joe Flacco 2012. I almost, that was my number two on the list. Let's go Joe Flacco 2012. What an insane postseason. Um leads the Ravens uh, to a Super Bowl on Ray Lewis's last year. He finished the year or the postseason with 1,140 yards, 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a QBR of 117.2. So crazy. We've been talking about Joe Flacco a couple times on this podcast, and that's why. If he gets in there and is playing, that could come out. I don't know if at his age now, that was, uh, you know, 11 years ago. (laughs) Right. But maybe, you know, he might still have that magic. So he went through the Colts, Patriots, Broncos, and then Niners in the Super Bowl? Yeah. What a run. That may be the most impressive quarterback um, playoff of all time, in my opinion. I actually had that at number one and then pivoted because I was like, 13 seconds is crazy. Let me backtrack tra- on all time. Let's say the last 15 years because I did not research super far into all time. So anybody that says not of all time, <laughs> don't come at me. All right. <laughs> number two, I'm going... I'm going to go Von Miller. Mm-hmm. 2015 season uh, when they play, played the Panthers in the Super Bowl. In the AFC Championship, he had two and a half sacks, and then he follows up, that up in the Super Bowl with two and a half sacks, and he's Super Bowl MVP. He was just running that defense. The Panthers had no chance with him on the field. Um, mm-hmm. I think he single-handedly – not single, single-handedly is a lot. He – I'm just going to say it single-handedly made the biggest difference I've ever seen in a Super Bowl ever. He had Cam Newton scared. So I'm giving him my number two pick for that. He was a force all over the field, hitting hard. And in that AFC championship game, he had uh four quarterback hits. Dang, it's a that's lot crazy. I'm going to go Sony Michelle 
2018, rushing for 129 yards, three touchdowns versus the Chargers, 113 yards, two touchdowns versus the Chiefs, then 94 yards in the game's only touchdown to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Impressive postseason there. Impressive postseason. And then number three, Nick Foles, stepping in the 2017 season. Carson Wentz went out after in the 13th game. Seems like the season's over. Obviously, it's not because they get in the playoffs. And Nick Foles does his thing. He threw for 373 yards, three touchdowns, and caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Ended up his only playoffs with a passer rating of 115.7, 971 yards, six touchdowns, and one pick. Philly special, baby. Philly special. That was special. Even though I hate Philadelphia. Oh, we all know that. Yeah. My number three pick, I'm going to ride with Eli Manning, 2011. Uh, Just a great postseason there. Beats the Patriots. Had a great comeback at the end of that game. Um, That's when he had the 38-yard pass to Mario Manningham uh, down the corner, or down the sideline. Just impeccable pass. His stats to end that postseason were uh, he had 1,279 passing yards, nine touchdowns, and he ended with a Super Bowl MVP. So pretty solid postseason there. And he knocked off the Patriots uh, for the second time. That was the second time he knocked off. Love that. All right, my number four pick, I'm going with Larry Fitzgerald, 2008. That was a crazy postseason. He ended with 546 receiving yards, 30 receptions, and seven touchdowns. Um, receptions so 136 yards a game and I believe the seven touchdown receptions was a um, postseason record for a single postseason at that time so absolutely insane they lost to the Steelers in that Super Bowl but still an insane postseason for for uh, Larry Fitz pick four for me I'm gonna I think that's got to be a record you're saying for Larry Fitzgerald so I will do another record of most tackles in a postseason, and that is Ray Lewis, 2012, 51 postseason tackles after he missed 10 games with torn triceps. Absolutely insane. And that was his last time on the field ever. Yeah, insane. What a way to go out. What a middle linebacker right there. He was killing guys on the field. Killing guys on the field, on and off. (laughs) Uh, And then pick five. That's right. Yeah, pick pick five. five. I'm going to do playoff Lenny. The birth of playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette, in 2020, when he went from 600 total yards during the regular season to 448 and four scores in the playoffs. And four scores. Four scores and three years ago. He was carrying then. Playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny. All right, pick number five. I feel like we can't go with uh, a full list of playoff performances without adding Tom Brady. The GOAT. Got to. So Tom Brady, 2014, uh, he had 11 touchdowns in three games, and he led the Patriots to his first Super Bowl in 10 years. That was a season that Seattle almost had the game wrapped up in the Super Bowl, and all they had to do was hand it to Marshawn, but they did not. And right before that, Tom Brady uh, led a big comeback drive. So for that, I'm giving my number five to Tom Brady. Richard Sherman is still fired up about it. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was tough. Just hand the ball off, but had to put Tom Brady in there. So, no, for sure, that that's a great pick there. I feel pretty good about uh, the picks. Uh, yeah, I think you won this draft. Let's go. That's my that's my opinion. Um, we'll see what social media says. We'll see. Which is a perfect segue that if you want to share the pod, if you want to like, if you want to comment, if you want to do all the nice things, we would love it. 
uh that's all the asking will do this episode uh hope everyone enjoys watching the games this weekend i'm excited and until next time big week see y'all next time peace peace Thank you.